0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of That's Truth here on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. I'm Nathan Owens. Sitting across the desk from me, as usual, is Pastor Murphy. Good evening, Pastor. And good evening, Brother Nathan, and good evening to those who might be listening to the program. Thank you so
1: much for allowing us to be in your home this evening.
0: And we look forward to your interaction with us on the program tonight. Yes, we're here to share answers to life's questions from a biblical perspective, but we are here to hear your questions also so that we can answer them from the Bible. We have a question we're going to start out with, and then we're going to jump into a new topic tonight. Pastor, this is a question that has come in in relation to A five-hour-long YouTube video. Obviously, uh, we don't have time to even try and consolidate that five-hour video down, but this is a little information about it. Princess Bellamazi Ministries is an online global Christian ministry led by Apostle or Princess or Queen Bellamazi. And this is the video is about her. And her organization says, God's awesome power and presence is seen on a daily basis just as God uses his servant to heal, deliver, and teach members to love and obey God. The listener who sent it in says, Good evening. I have a question with in regards to the YouTube video. A friend of mine is an avid follower of this woman's ministry. Her mother, sisters, and friends are glued to this person. It's almost like they worship her. I told her about this ministry and how it's not of God and misleading, but she is stuck in her ways and believes this woman. If you have viewed this video, do you think I am wrong for telling my friends such?
1: Look, I I tried to watch the video as much as I could, but I I lost interest almost immediately. Uh, The lady is very shallow. Uh, She seemed to be an aspiring singer And she really doesn't have a voice for singing To be very honest with you Uh, And I I was just shocked that the main emphasis That she puts is about dreams A dream that she had And a dream that another person had And how these dreams seem to converge And basically the the dream is something to do With the infidelity of her partner And how she got to know about it Etc, etc I see nothing that in the video that was edifying I see nothing that was spiritual uh, there was no reference to the Bible, no quotation of the Bible, no, no, no exposition of the Bible, no teaching of the Bible. Uh, this is a woman, uh, in my in my judgment, who is totally uh, emotional, a woman that doesn't have any discernment, and a person who seems to be wrapped up in her own sense of spirituality uh, without any substance whatsoever to feed in the body. But when I looked at the comments, uh, on the video itself i was shocked that people would respond to say some of the things that they say because there was nothing there period that would lead anybody to believe that she has some spiritual power or whatever it is the other thing i i found um very distasteful is that she has on the cover of the video herself as an angel uh, with wings and so on and so forth. I mean, that is so ludicrous. And I think people ought to be more discerning to know that. This this thing is crap, quite frankly. There's nothing there, no substance there whatsoever. And I think that you were right in in pointing out to the persons. And uh, what those people need to do is to uh, get into the Bible, become more mature, get a, a good church that teaches the Word of God and develop some some discernment so that they can actually decipher these kind of things when they happen. It was an embarrassment to watch and, and, and a worse environment to hear the comments that would be Today people are so emotional, they're not grounded in the word, everything is about experience. And this is where I think we're being set up for the great deception is going to come. It's already part of it. For example, you've got people today who don't know what a male or a female is, what a man and a woman is. That's the kind of crazy world that we're living in. We've got people today who believe that um, same-sex marriage is okay. That's crazy that uh, a man is born a homosexual and a woman is born a lesbian. All of this is nonsense that the Bible is very, very much against. And, uh, and I don't know why people are so... Um, gullible. I think it's because we become psychologized. What I mean by that, I think psychology has done tremendous harm uh, to the Christian faith and uh, rather than let the Bible be the standard by which we understand human anthropology and understand human nature, we've allowed ourselves to be duped by theories that really uh, have no biblical base and are in conflict with biblical scripture. So, I, I, I think you did the right thing, and I could never recommend anybody to either listen to her or uh, try to get anything of substance from her. I just think she's lost in her own world and uh, self-deceived.
0: Thank you to the individual who sent in that question. Again, if you have a question that you would like answered from a biblical perspective, you can call us at one two six eight four six two seventy four twenty. 462 7420 or you can WhatsApp or text us at 268-782-1454. While we wait for your questions, we are going to jump into a new topic that we we have not discussed here on That's Truth to this point. It's a topic that even though it's been around for hundreds or maybe even thousands of years, it's becoming more and more common in recent times. And they say especially with the popularity of the Internet, We're talking about a practice that is obviously familiar or used in the secular world, but also some believers are practicing and dabbling in astrology. It's said that astrologers even predicted the COVID pandemic, and over 90% of people are said to know their zodiac sign. Pastor, anything you want to share to kind of whet our appetite as we jump into this topic this evening?
1: Well, I think the uh, the whole matter of the revival of this occult practice of uh, astrology that the fact that it is, has such an ascendancy and becomes so popular in the Western world it, it really is shocking. We're supposed to be people with a scientific mind and yet astrology has no scientific basis. Uh, you can find horoscope readings in almost every major newspaper whether I think you could find it here and I've seen it here in, in newspapers here as well it's very very common and there are thousands and tens of thousands of people who would not uh, make a major decision unless they consult some reading. For example, uh, people contemplating marriage. Uh, there are people who would never uh, consider marriage unless they see what the, the, the Zodiac said, or, or people who are going to invest, even bankers, et cetera, and uh, people who are going to travel or people who are involved in career choices. Uh, they're always running to see what the, 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 the horoscope says before they make those kind of major decisions. There was a few... Um, survey that was done research poll in 2019 um, and it found out that 25% of the adult population in America believe that horoscopes are, are okay and they're right. That means uh, 1. 7, uh, 1, 107 million Americans wow. believe that that is true. That's a shocker to be very honest with you. 70, uh, 37% of those are women and 20% are men. So women are more inclined uh, to read the horoscope and find out what the horoscope does, there are now in the US seven thousand professional practicing um, um, as astrologers. Quite frankly, and I am told if you if you Google uh, astrology websites, um, I did it. You get over two million websites that are, that can wow. give you information on, on this kind of thing. So it's a very very um, it's a growing movement. And part of it, I think, is the fact that, um, as you mentioned, the Internet has now uh, allowed these people to market it to these young people who somehow have become enamored with the idea that uh, they can know what the character is like and they can have an idea about their destiny. Uh, but when you look at it from the biblical perspective, astrology is just an ancient occult belief practice uh, mixed with um, uh, what you might call the human superstition. And also, uh, it is now being uh, taken into the New Age movement. So the New Age movement has really been the thing that has propelled this since the 1960s. They have now embraced it as part of their menu of ideologies that they offer. And uh, so this is where we are today. Uh, so it's a revival, quite frankly, in, in, in this matter of uh, astrology. And um, even, as you said, some Christians are actually embracing it. The big question is what does the Bible ultimately says about it? And I hope we can deal with that sometime as we go through the program.
0: Now, you just referenced it as nothing more than human superstition, or maybe you didn't put nothing more. You referenced it in the category of human superstition. What would you say to the listener who says, but Pastor Murphy, I read my horoscope. It might have been a year ago. And on that particular day or that particular week, Whatever it said would happen, uh, the good things, the bad things, it came true. It's true, Pastor. It it happened in my life. I
1: I call it a fortuitous uh, coincidence. And the way that these things are done as well, they are so broad uh, uh, that that they can actually um, use good reasoning and common sense to come to these different types of conclusions. The other thing is that... I wish you could have read that horoscope in the fifty different horoscopes on the, under the same thing the same day. And you would have seen they contradict each other. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you might have gotten one that seemed to align with what you say, but if you were to read the other fifty that you've got all over the world, the same thing, same, same under the same sign, they're saying the different things and that. So it just happened that what I would call a far too but the other thing I mentioned is not only that is a human superstition. It's an ancient occult practice.
0: So do you think there's demonic
1: influence? Oh, of course. There's no, no doubt about that. When you, As a matter of fact, uh, astrology is a kind of idolatry because it really believes that your life and destiny is determined by the stars. So rather than look for God to determine your future, you're looking to the stars, you're looking to the material aspect of the world. So that is basically idolatry. And Paul makes it clear that behind all idolatry are demonic powers. So I have no doubt that part of the astrology uh, that you have demonic issues as well to deal with when you're coming to deal with um, with astrology.
0: You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Maybe it is the first time you've ever stumbled across or come across this program or first time you've ever listened to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse We're broadcasting from the island of Antigua, and we are glad that you are listening. If you have a question, maybe it's about astrology. Maybe it's about something related to astrology. Maybe it has nothing at all to do about anything we have talked about tonight. Not a problem at all. If you have a question, you can call and ask it, and Pastor Murphy will answer it from a biblical worldview, from using Scripture to answer your questions. Pastor, what is a biblical worldview?
1: Well, a biblical worldview is that um, you take your um, presuppositions from the Scripture, and you, you ground it in, in um, biblical uh, doctrine. For example, uh, some of the basic concepts of what we B- 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 believe in creation we would not accept the fact that this evolution God created. You also believe in the fact that uh, the fall of man, and that man's problem is not his intelligence, it's not his knowledge, it's not that he's ignorant. This Most of the major uh, Eastern religions that have now infected the West are all saying the same thing. Man's problem is ignorant. He doesn't know that he has a spark of divinity in him and he's connected with the universe. So he has to be educated and informed, and of course that is through meditation and this esoteric teaching so that he can now understand who he really is. The Bible doesn't teach it. The Bible says man's basic problem fundamentally is that man is a sinner. And his problem is alienation from God, so he needs to get back to So that would be, of course, the biblical worldview would also involve the fact that man is a tripartite being. Uh, body, soul, and spirit—he's not just a material being. He has a spiritual part to him. Uh, we would believe also in, in uh, not reincarnation. We believe in resurrection of the body in the future. Uh, that we, and also we would believe in uh, biblical review. that we believe in, in salvation. We believe that Jesus Christ uh, is the Son of God he, in His deity. Uh, all of those major um, doctrines will help you to form a, a, a biblical word. The other thing we would believe is that God is separate from His creation. God is transcendent, and He, creation and God are two separate entities altogether. Most of these Eastern um, religions and so on that in, teach pantheism that uh, all is one and one is all. So, we are connected with God in some way. It's just that we are so ignorant, we just need to be informed, and etc., etc. So, worldview basically is taking the Bible for what it says about the doctrine of God, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That is what informs our perspective. The other thing I would say, it also includes what you might call the future. We believe that God has given in the Bible a complete uh, panoramic survey of, of world history. So the Bible tells you exactly what is coming. It doesn't give you all the fine details, but it gives you the broad idea. So our view would be that man will never make planet Earth a utopia, that planet Earth is heading to catastrophic destruction, and it's going to be uh, recreated, uh, the heaven and the Earth. And we also would believe that man, when he dies, is not as dead as a dog he goes to be with his maker, either if he's a believer or he goes to a place called hell. All of that is part of a biblical worldview. Uh, so if you're um, from a Christian perspective, looking at life from a complete Christian perspective as informed by biblical truth, that is what you might say is a biblical worldview.
0: Would you say that everybody has a worldview whether you're a Christian or not? Indefinitely. Mean, no, there's no question
1: about that. You, Everybody's a philosopher, whether he likes it or not. And we phlo- philosophize about life. Uh, Everybody has a view of if there's a God or not a God. Everybody has a view of it, it, was it evolution or not evolution. Everybody have a view of creation. Everybody have a view of, of, of where they think they're going or not going. Everybody have a view of what, what's wrong with man. So all of us uh, have a concept of, of uh, our, our view. We, we can't help it. We can't help because we're thinking creatures, and we know we're here. And one of the basic questions is, who am I? Uh, Why am I here? Where am I going? Everybody asks those fundamental questions, and they come up with their own answer. Uh, So there's no question about it that every single person has a worldview, but there can only be one correct worldview, and that is the biblical worldview. All other worldviews that clash with the biblical worldview are false and error, and they're built on false presuppositions. And when you build a whole system on the false presuppositions, all your conclusions are wrong, because the presuppositions are wrong. Conclusions must be wrong.
0: So now that you know what a worldview is, a biblical worldview, the basis on which we are answering your questions, let me share the contact information. You can call us and be put live on the air. Again, it's a safe place for you to call. We're not here to argue with you. We're not trying to get more listeners by having a shouting match on air. We're here to hear your question and then answer it from the Bible. You can call and be put live on the air by calling 268-462-7420. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Maybe you say, Brother Nathan, I have a question, but I don't want anyone to know that it's me asking it. Maybe change a few little details in it in order to make sure it can't be traced back to you. Put anonymous at the beginning of your question when you WhatsApp or text it to us, and we won't even mention what country, what island area code it comes from, and we will keep it completely anonymous for your sake. You can also contact us on Facebook Live. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page and click on the Facebook Live video feed. While you watch the program and listen to it, you can comment your questions there.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to add here, you know, we're dealing with some current contemporary issues that is confusing a lot of people. A biblical worldview solves most of those problems for us. For example... uh, That's not a proud statement to me? Oh, I I don't mind. Look, (laughs) (laughs) I tell people this, and I've said this in church, and you hear me, truth simplifies life. It makes everything very, very simple. For example, uh, a biblical worldview would include some of the issues, for example, only two genders. You cannot believe in the Bible and believe that there are more than one gen- more than two genders it's, it's, it's ludicrous to make that claim uh, marriage what is marriage? You cannot believe in the Bible and uh, believe that there 's anything called marriage that does not include a male and a female so a lot of the the current issues that are being bandied uh, today, and people are, are so in confusion about we as Christians are not confused. I want people and we are not confused. We haven't changed. What has happened is that the ideology has changed, and it hasn't changed because of any scientific basis to change it. Just-
0: We're broadcasting from Antigua, 1160 AM, 92.3 FM, and online at radiolighthouse.org. When was the last time that you took time to invite someone to listen to that Truth? Go ahead and do it right now. We still have an hour and ten minutes left in this episode. Yeah,
1: my apologies for the phone. I thought I turned it off, but it um, apparently I hadn't done that. Yeah, but I, I was saying um, that a lot of these issues are so easy for the believer, and uh, so we we're not in a conundrum. We're not. We don't sense sleepless nights, you know. We're not worried about these type of things, etc. It's very simple, and that's why it's so important to make sure we have a, a Christian uh, worldview. Because without that, we are going to end up in all kinds of confusion, and we will not be able to uh, give people direction. When they look to us, people should be looking for the, to the church for moral for answers to moral issues. You don't look at the politicians for that. Ask them about economics and and uh, and so on and so forth, finance, etc. But when it comes to the whole matter of moral issues, people sh- the church should be the voice that people look to, not the politicians. And I think that if the church will come back to the part where it plays the role it's supposed to play and uh, preach the Word of God and have a a, a high level of living, I think people would eventually begin to look to the church and take it more seriously than it currently is. But when the church compromises and goes along with all of these false theories, people say, well, it's no use we look into you because uh, you're just like the other groups as well. And I think that's unfortunate today where the Christian has lost its
0: voice. As we wait for your questions, we are continuing to talk on the topic of astrology. Pastor, what is the appeal of astrology?
1: Well, the fundamental appeal of astrology um, is because it claims to answer uh, two of the most crucial and critical questions that people ask. One would be, who am I, what's my character like, and the other one is, what's my future? Uh, astrology uh, says that they can answer those two questions, uh, and I think that is where uh, people find it uh, appealing. Uh, And, you know, man's fascination about himself and his character in the future is not something new. This is why every single uh, occult movement that has come on the scene, there's always to do either with the personality, the individual, or the future. For example, when you talk about uh, divination or or augury, or you talk about witchcraft or necromancy or spiritism or wizardry or even um, astrology, all of these are designed basically to say to you, we know something about the future, and uh, we can give you the answer. That's the fascination. But astrology goes a little bit more. We can tell you what you're gonna be like, how you're gonna turn out, and we know your character, because we look at the stars, and we can align them at the time of your birth. We can give you that kind of information. I think that is the attraction of it, and especially young people when it comes to relationships and connections, they find that uh, a lot of them are dealing with relational issues, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. So I think they find that astrology, by giving them uh, this kind of a character profile uh, to see if they can uh, are compatible with other things, I think that's part of the attraction. But those are the two things. Who am I? and what's my future like. I think those are the two main things that appeal to to people in that regard.
0: And I guess that's why so many people would pursue it. Do you think there's other reasons that people pursue it?
1: I just think that today we are living in a time of what you call the postmodern world. Uh, And Nathan, the postmodern world is not the modern world. The modern world is a world that reason was the standard that you judge everything. Today, that's not true any longer. Uh, people no longer look to experience. So experience now is the standard by which you, you make your decisions. You, so you, you don't rationalize any longer substantially. Uh, you want something that appeals to your feelings or something that can give you an experience. I think that's where it lays. The other thing is um, it has been pointed out that the Generation Z and the Millennials; these are the two main uh, Millennials and Generation X. These two, these are the ones that uh, really that has led to this 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 push in um, the revival. It started in the 60s with the millenni- uh, 60s, and then uh, Generation X is from 1965 to 1980, and gener uh, and Generation. Millennials go from 1981 to 1998 within that period of time. So these two generations, and what they've pointed out is that uh, millennials have gone through more stress than any other um, generation. Uh, uh, That's what they're saying. Really? Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's that's what the American um, Psychological Association did a survey, and that's the conclusion that the millennials were under so much stress. They, they said that this is part of why they've turned to astrology. They're living under so much stress. They want hope. They want to know what the future is. And since the um, astrologers claim that they can give you insight into the future, they find that this generation, uh, generation, um, the millennials. millennials, that they have moved towards the movement because it seemed to give them answers about the future and they believe that it's stress related it's not only about knowing about your, your 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 character knowing about your own future but it is a kind of a uh release mechanism to get off all of this stress uh to have an imaginary um idea that you can you can have your problem solved by by astrology so they believe that those are the three things in it, it your character your future and also the stress that people are currently living under
0: would you consider astrology popular from your perspective it has
1: to be popular when you see it so much in the newspapers because I don't think you can take up a newspaper today without finding it so if it weren't popular you can embed it in the newspaper because remember that you're paying for columns and space in the newspaper so mm-hmm. if it wasn't popular uh, so it has to be very very popular today. I don't have any doubts about that
0: now, we haven't really taken the time yet in tonight's program to define astrology specifically. I think it now would be an appropriate time. What is astrology, and what is the foundation of its practice?
1: Well, the basic idea of astrology is that it assumes that the position of the stars and the planets, including the moon, um, at the time you were born and the place you were born, that that positioning has a direct influence on people, on events. Uh, so it is claimed that if they can chart your for the time you were born, when you were born, and the place you were born, and then align these zodiacal signs in line, they are given information because the heavenly bodies influence you. And we have the we, we know exactly when we chart them, where and time you were born, and because these influence you, we can have an idea of what is going to happen in your life? What kind of character that you are? You are, and so that's what the horoscope is about. It's basically about your finding the time you were born and the place you were born, and then charting it in relation to the the, uh, the zodiac signs and when they can align them using you know they use a chart and use different degrees. Using that, uh, they're able to to say things about you. So it's all about the heavenly bodies controlling human beings. And that's why I it say it's idolatry. It's about the material external world controlling you as an individual, not God determining your destiny. Your destiny is actually controlled by the stars. And by the way, it is very fatalistic because you're either born a born loser or born gainer. You can't change it because it starts, at the time you're born, your destiny is determined, see? So there's a determinism about it there.
0: So based on that, if you had two twins that were born in St. John's Antigua, very close together, a matter of just hours or minutes apart, and one has a very blessed great life and one doesn't, wouldn't that be kind of contradictory to Well, that?
1: that's what we're going to say at the, at the end, I'm going to show you why this is so stupid, okay. because they've done studies like that. And this is with the most embarrassing illustration that you just used for the astro- astrologers, because what they do, they've taken where you've had two exact people, two twins born in the same place at the same time, and if it were true, they would all have the same destiny, the same character, but time and time and again it's shown that that's not true. It doesn't happen. So this is where the, the idea of people have become, I call them, we're living in a schizophrenic age, right, where people can take two opposite things and be somehow able to hold them together and, and not see, the, not see the, that they can't be reconciled together but yet seem to believe two things that, that doesn't make any sense. That's the age we're living in. That's why they call it the postmodern age. It's no longer living by rational, understanding rational belief. The experience comes in, that's what, what comes in, and colors everything else. So a very good example it, Nathan, why um, we should actually understand it's not a scientific study, because this is something that they've done again to prove that this is false. And you're exactly right about that. That's one of the classic examples that shows that this is an error, and it's not. there's no science behind it whatsoever.
0: You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, 1160 AM and 92.3 FM. Master, what is the difference between astrology and astronomy?
1: Well, I, I think the, the because the words are so, uh, sound so much alike, people make a big mistake about. Them, but they must not be confused. But they they poles apart and opposite apart. I just mentioned that astrology has to do. We believe that at the time of your birth, at the place at your birth, that the heavenly, um, um, the heavenly objects have control. Planets have control on your life. Uh, astronomy, on the other hand, is really a scientific discipline, and it's used to observe the laws of physics and mathematics so you have a better understanding of the celestial bodies and uh, how they behave and how there's interaction between the gravitational forces between the different heavenly bodies, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, it's, it's something completely different. Um, one has to do with... Things influencing your life. One has to do well. Well, let's see what's the gravitational force between these bodies. And everybody knows that the moon controls the tides. Again, that would be part of a, uh, not ast- astronomy, uh, astrology, but astronomy. Uh, understanding that, and of course the the orbits and uh, the timing and all of that. So one is a scientific study. One is a, an occult practice that has no scientific base whatsoever. And, and people need to understand that. Um, So there's no physical prediction about an individual when it comes to astronomy. But the other one has to do with uh, actually the control, the stars and the planets controlling a person's destiny, a person's character.
0: You've referenced destiny a couple of times recently. What is, from your biblical worldview, before we delve any further into astrology, what does the Bible say is my destiny as a man?
1: Well, uh, if you look at Scripture, there are only two destinies there's the two two ways the broadway and there's the narrow way we're told that the narrow way leads to life and the broadway leads to destruction so we're either going one of two places you're either going to end up in heaven or you're going to end up in hell uh those are the only two places the bible recognizes uh and that's where you but the thing that um determines your destiny has to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the determining factor. It's not that you were born, and from the time you were born, you have no way of actually changing uh, your destiny, quite frankly. God treats people on the basis of choice. I keep telling people that. My understanding of scripture, uh, if God did not deal with me on the basis of choice, I could not be held morally responsible for any action I've done. If I was determined from the time I was born to go to hell, I don't see how I can God I can stand before God and I would accuse Him. Of that and, and God will not be accused of that nature God is just he's righteous he's holy he's loving and he and his sovereignty have chosen to do with man on the basis of, of choice and people have to make choices and God made a provision that man can escape the broad road and that is by sending Jesus Christ uh, and if a person put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ that person uh, will go to uh, go to heaven if that person rejects Jesus Christ uh, they will end up in hell it has nothing to do with the church the church is just a vehicle to declare the, the gospel and the glad tidings it's there to lead people to Christ it's not a replacement of Christ or a substitute for Christ and being part of a church does not guarantee you any, fa- any um, to guarantee you that you're not going to go to, to, to hell or or even get to heaven. It all depends on your relationship with Jesus Christ, whether you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in him. That is a crucial factor when it comes to these matters.
0: Here's a question that's come in from a listener in Antigua. Pastor Murphy, how is it that a country like Antigua that is said to be a Christian nation can be so vulgar during these times of carnival? Well,
1: look, I am. I am. I'm going to say, make a statement. Of the biggest big, big problem today is we have a lot of nominal Christians, and what I mean by nominal Christians, I, I mean you have got people who think they're Christians because they were born in a country where Christianity is the predominant religion. Uh, I think there are people who think that because mom was a Christian, they're automatically a Christian. We have a lot of people who don't have the slightest understanding of what the Christian faith is about. The other thing is this: we have a lot of people who have uh, become part of the church without any kind of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. They were they were pretty pretty much believe that because they are member of a church, they joined the church, and uh, when they were babies, they got a little bit of sprinkling, and uh, that did it with the way, we, and then they got baptized, that they're saved. So you have people who are really, really. Uh, very, very superficial in their understanding of biblical Christianity, and uh, they they see no uh, disparity between take we got carnival coming up right they see no disparity but with disgracefully manifesting all kind of voluptuous behavior uh in public, and yet we in Sunday morning in church I mean it's like people who go to church by the way that you can't almost let them be seated in front of you. They are so immoral uh, that you wonder, but where do you, you don't see that the church is something different, that you should dress modestly. It's as though they come in there to have some kind of a pageant. And it's embarrassing sometimes uh, to see that. But again, that's the Christianity that we've got. There's not serious, sober, biblical Christianity. You've got nominal Christianity. And a lot of people are depending on the fact that they belong to a church <laughs> to get them to heaven. That's the problem. The other thing is we don't have any great Christian statesmen. And what I mean by that is, uh, imagine having a, a real solid Christian uh, politician who stands up for biblical principles, even though he um, get criticized. Uh, that should not be the issue. And I do not believe that a person cannot be a Christian and be a politician. I believe that you can be a Christian and a politician. And I do not believe that people will reject you because you hold the Christian beliefs. I don't think everybody's going to like you, but I do feel that there's a need for a generation of uh, politicians who, who take their Christianity into Parliament. Just like I believe that you need Christian businessmen who take the Christianity into the boardroom. Yeah. Uh, we need that, and, and I don't think we have that, right? And I think that's the, the basic fundamental problem with, um, with, with Christianity today, that people believe that Christianity belongs to the church. So when I go into work, I, I don't, I'm no longer Christian. When I go into Parliament, I'm no longer Christian. That kind of Christianity is bogus Christianity. It's not real Christianity. It's cultural Christianity, but not, not not real Christianity. You take your Christianity everywhere you go, and your Christianity influences everything that you do. If you're a businessman, you're not going to cheat on your income tax. You're not going to cheat on this. You're, you're not going to play with the invoices, and you're not going to uh, bypass the, the customs because you want your duties off, and so on and so forth. You You live by principle as a Christian. Uh, sad to say, I don't know. I'm not saying are not any. Right. Right? But if there are, they are they're very few and in between. And that, quite frankly, is the main problem we face, uh, not only in Antigua, all over the globe, with people who make profess. It's like Christianity doesn't make any difference in people's lives, in how they operate their businesses, how they operate, um, you know, uh, in, in Parliament, whatever it is. It's shocking. For example, you take America. America has a lot of professed christians in in um Congress uh ted Cruz, i think in, in my judgment, I think he's a very sincere man to be honest with these great lawyers at the same time there are others that I can uh call about but again, I think sometimes even when I hear them speak, they are like they're not a, they, are, they don't seem to want to say, but this is ungodly because it's against the Bible. they don't seem to bring that in, and uh I am disappointed when they don't do that, for example, a lot of the moral issues that your country is faced with, they're only moral issues because they're going against biblical truth. And if I'm a Christian in that parliament, I assert that. Abortion. I mean, it should be no doubt I would have had a session there to show that abortion begins at conception. I would have argued that. Mm-hmm. And I would not call it abortion either. I would call it murder. You've got to shock people today and stop using diplomatic language because diplomatic language uh it's too normal. People, you need something that's more abrasive now that you you, you hit people with something they say, but, and, and then you get their attention. But this idea of being so diplomatic and speaking so diplomatic, I don't think we've had an effective ministry as a church and people in trying to change the tide and, and to get people to think. I just think it is very, very sad uh, that we don't have the caliber of people that is needed today to turn the tide uh, in this country or even
0: the Barbados where i from. Thank you to the individual who sent in that question. Pastor, how exactly do astrologers come up with making these horoscope readings that are said to determine the personality and the future of individuals?
1: Well, what I'm going to share with you uh, is actually out of um, Josh McDowell's book on uh, new cults, quite frankly. And in that particular book, um, there's a guy that he mentions, a man called Rene Norbergen, and he wrote a book called "The Soul Is Hurtless," and he did that in 1971. And he explains exactly how this is done with the horoscopes. So I just want to share that with the with the audience. Um, for every personal horoscope, uh, the moment of birth is the essential starting point. The moment of birth—you have to know when you were born—and and that is important. That is crucial to start chart the chart the, this um, horoscope. Number two, next thing is the latitude and the longitude of the place you were born. You need to know the exact precise place where you are, where you were born. They have to get that documented. Number three, a factor known as something called the, the true local time must be determined uh, or considered. And this true uh, time is uh, uh, found out by either adding or subtracting three minutes uh, for each degree of longitude that the person's birthplace lies east or west of the the, uh, the time zone of his birth. Okay. As the third, then number five. Um, once this real true time has been found and determined, the next step is to convert this uh, true time into what is called sidereal time or star time. Uh, This is done uh, with the aid of something called an an ephemeris, which is a reference book, uh, which shows the position of the planets in relation to the earth. So you've got to go to this reference book to do it. Number five, number seven, you check the star time uh, in in this uh, table and the person's ascendant. Ascendant is when the astrological sign is now coming Across the equator. You have to find out that precise time when you were born, when this particular sign was now ascending. Finally, uh, what they do, the horoscope uh, has to, they have to align this ascendant uh, line with uh, the nine o'clock point on the inner circle of the horoscope, and from that you prepare the various uh, horoscopes about your life and my life. So basically it 's just using mat- mathematical formulas and degrees of angles in relation to the time you're born and uh using the 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 the, uh, the 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 horoscope that they have to find out where you when you were born when this thing was aligning out of that they say they're able to predict which sign when you were born began to have influence in your life and because they have all this data already. Once they know what sign you're under, they're able to compute and tell you about yourself and about your future. Again, that's the science of it. But here's the thing, Nathan. If it is true that the stars and the planets determine your destiny, would it not make better sense to find out the time you were conceived? Hmm. Because all your DNA from your mom and your dad that will influence your life forever So it's not the time of your birth that should be important It's the time you were conceived Because if these things are influencing me For the time I am, I'm I'm thinking It means now that, that they start influencing me Not just when I was born But start influencing me Because all my DNA is already in me And my, uh, for my mom and my dad So that is one of the, the real ludicrous things about it That if you're looking at a particular time Where these things begin to influence It should be the time of conception Here's the problem how do you determine the time of conception? Mm. <laughs> so they've had to use the birth as a means, but it makes more sense to find out the day I was conceived because these things start influencing me and I become a person by the time I'm conceived. But that is exactly how it's done. It's more about using um, these di- diagrams, etc., to decide of it. But that's how it's determined. And when I was reading that, I was kind of shocked, quite frankly, that um, this is what is actually done. I thought there was some mysterious thing that they had to do, but it's just strictly mathematics and using um, these angles and degrees to determine. And
0: that's to determine what your sign is. don't. once you know
1: your sign, they know that it influences your character and they can tell you what your future is. Once you know what the sign was at the precise time uh, it, you, you were born when it was just ascending, what sign was ascending at that time.
0: So in theory, if I went to six different astrologers, six different continents or six different locations, in theory... I should come up with the same sign based well, on the Well, that
1: is that is what the... the uh, well, one of the things I'll point out here okay. is that, that's the, that the, that's the problem again and again. Okay. The other thing is, Nathan, that when they started out, they only had seven planets. There were okay. three that they didn't know anything about, yeah. right, that were discovered after this thing was started. But then there are people today that are talking about only uh, seven planets and 12 planets, no, no, 24, et cetera, et cetera. So the question... Some of them are operating on seven, some of them are 12 and 24. Okay. So who's right? Who's right, and that's where there's so much massive confusion, and and uh, I don't know, I, I just can't figure out how people who are supposed to be smart, intellectual, and uh, rational and be modern uh, fall for this kind of crap. That um, and it's I I don't have to tell you it's a lot of money involved in this. You can get your horoscope, but at a cost. As I mentioned, a seven thousand professional. Uh, astrologers in America alone—I'm not talking about who you find in China, what you find in Europe. So imagine how wealthy these people have become. Uh, it's, to my judgment, is not not worth um, f- believing and following.
0: Are you familiar with the word zodiac, zodiacal houses, and what is meant by that?
1: Well, t- uh, there are supposed to be twelve different um, zodiacs a day. And these are the 12 signs that arrange um, in, in the constellations. You probably hear about Aries, mm-hmm. uh, that's the ram, Taurus is the bull, Gemini is the twins, Cancer uh, is the crab, Leo is the lion, Virgo is the virgin, uh, uh, Libra is the balance, uh, Scorpio is the scorpion, uh, Sagittarius uh, is the archer, Capricorn is the goat, uh, Aquarius is the water, and uh, Pisces is the fish. Um, it is believed that uh, in the movement of these things the houses are the areas where they, they influence the individual depending on the location. They, this is something that these people have actually created themselves. I mean, it's not literally there but they believe that when these things, when these um, signs move across the thing there are certain sections that would influence like your character, influence like your business dealings and stuff like that. It's, it's something, it's almost like a magical prognostication that these people make. But there's no scientific data that, that verifies it. Because they've got this um, this kind of a manual or this kind of a chart, and these things are already there. It's just a matter of seeing where you are on the chart. What are the characteristics of this particular person? The question is who decides those characteristics? But the, the thing is the people who formulate the horoscope that do it. So ultimately, while they're saying that the stars are doing it, uh, you might come to the conclusion that it's the man. That is making the, the, uh, the who made those uh, charts, who've actually determined what kind of a character you are uh, by these particular charts.
0: You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse on the. Uh, I'm broadcasting from the island of Antigua. If you have a question, we would love to have you call and ask it live on the air. One two six eight four six two seventy four twenty. You can WhatsApp or text your question to one two six eight. or you can join us on Facebook Live, go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, and click on the Facebook Live video feed, and then right there on your device, you can comment your question, and it will be passed along to Pastor Murphy in a timely manner. Pastor, you were talking about the Zodiac sign. Is it a sin to know your sign?
1: (laughs) I do not think that any believer should be concerned about what sign they're born under. If you are saying that you need to know what sign you're under, you're literally imbibing the idea that your, your your destiny is controlled by the planets and the stars and the moon. And I find it difficult to see why a believer would be engaged in that kind of a thing. I, I, I would I would view that as unbiblical. I would view that as I would view that sinful, Nathan, because we're going to come to biblical verses shortly that will show you quite clear. God condemns and abominates the practice of astrology. So if, a, if God condemns it, why in the world would I want to know now, be part of this occult practice? So I would label it as, as, as definitely a sin. It's a sin against God, it's a sin against what, God, what God's Word says about these matters.
0: Pastor, we have a caller live on the air from Bendel's Antigua. Thank you for calling. Go ahead with your question, please.
1: Good
0: evening, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm
0: doing well. What can we do for you?
1: Yeah. Question. If you have a member of a church, I play an instrument in the church
0: and you're a member.
1: Now, repeat that again. I want to hear you too well.
0: If you have a member in a church,
1: uh-huh. And he playing one of the instruments, if you drum set, organ, or whatever he plays. Uh-huh. Does the pastor have a right to pay him? Does the pastor have a right to pay him? Yes. That's a decision that the church would make. That is not something that the pastor. That's something the church should meet together and decide. Look, what I've discovered here, um, not only here, but many, many places, especially churches that are non-Baptistic, that the people have very little control of what happens. They don't They don't seem to be people that who vote on these matters and discuss these kind of matters. It seems to me as though pastors act as um, um, unilaterally and act almost dictatorially and just bring in things in the church and do things in the church without even the approval of the church. That's a grievous mistake if a a a thing like that is going to happen in the church the church should meet together and decide you know do we want to pay somebody to pay, play drums do we want to play somebody to play a guitar most of the things like this is done in the church are done by people who volunteer um, we have an organist we don't pay an organist she volunteers to do it as part of her ministry that's how she gives back to the church everybody has a gift that God wants you to use and uh, she sees that as a uh, her way of, of contributing to the ministry. Uh, she doesn't teach Sunday school. She doesn't uh, involve in other ministries, but this is where she can give her talent to help the church. I do not know of many churches uh, within the Baptist circle that pay anybody to do those kind of things. But if it did come to the point where I felt or anybody felt that it would be good to have uh, to do that, I I would never do that unilaterally. I would meet with the church and say to the church, listen, uh, do we want to go in this direction? What's your advice? What's your counsel? How do you view this whole matter? And then you vote on it. It should not be a pastor unilaterally saying this is going to happen regardless of what you want. That's not what uh, leadership is all about. We are servants. And we lead the people. We're leading the people, but we are not dictators. And we try to find out, you know, Uh, It's just going to offend unnecessarily the church because you're only leading if people are following. You can think you're leading, but if people are always following, you're not leading. (laughs) So it's important that you get the people's opinion on these kind of things. I've heard so many things here about churches, the things that they've done. I've asked myself, but how in the world that could have happened? So the people doesn't know this? They don't discuss it There's no financial m- meetings Where the people see the budget the People understand um, How the money is spent This is not discussed within the church And I find, doctor, it, I find it impossible That this would happen in the church But, Pastor Yes, sir uh, The individual If he doesn't get paid He doesn't want to pay So the really pastor to either pay him Or whatever But I find in that that's supposed to be volunteering, God give you a gift. Yeah. It's be I, 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 I do, yeah. It be on and it's yeah, if I, so if it's he doesn't gift? if he doesn't want to uh play unless he's paid, I would tell him, you know, find another church. You know, you're not you're not you're not you're not you're not, you're not, you're not really But you know, that's why people serve in the church. You can't come up there every, next time uh now you <laughs> everything. Uh so you gotta pay the Sunday school teachers now too? <laughs> no, you gotta pay the VBS workers now too. Right, if you go in that direction, quite frankly, it becomes a mercenary church uh, where everybody's just seeing the church as a means of, of getting a job. That's not what it's all about. We are given spiritual gifts and talents to be used in the ministry, and a person should be glad that if they have a particular gift that that's their contribution. You just can't sit in the church and do nothing. Everybody's supposed to be engaged in the ministry. That's what Paul talks about when it comes to spiritual gifts. But um, it is sad. That's the direction. And, and a lot of this, by the way, is happening because I must say this. It has come from the a lot of the things that's happening in the U.S. Uh, with worship teams and so on and so forth. Now you have to. Uh, a, a guy told me recently that if you want to start in America, a church in America, the first thing you've got to do now is to find the, the best worship leader before because it, nobody you can start a church without a worship leader. I mean, that is ludicrous. So people not coming to hear the word. They're coming to be entertained, and that's a tragedy. But um, the pastor is not wise if he's not bringing these matters to the church and getting the opinion of the church and getting the feedback. I think he should do that, and uh, that's a mistake. And Pastor, yes, sir. Um, do you believe that Pastor is to operate a church without a, a register, and every offering you give is going to his name, not to the church? No, that, that, that should never happen. That should never happen. That's not a church. That's a, that's a, The pastor owns the church. That should never happen. The, the offering of the church goes into the account that belongs to the church. You should have somebody checking the account, not the pastor. Somebody collecting the offering, not the pastor. Recording it. The people should have a, a meeting quarterly. Uh, so the people have brought up to date, what the offering was for these days, how, what money was spent, how it was spent, all that should be discussed in the church. You just can't operate a church without checks and balances. And people ought to know, they're, they're the ones giving t- to the church. So they ought to know how the money is spent. And they ought to approve certain projects as well. And uh, there should be a, a limit on what the pastor can spend. Uh, and so on as well. That that should be a, a limit. But the church has to prove those kind of things. That's important.
0: Okay. Thank you. All right, sir. Yes. Have a blessed night. You
1: too, man. You too. Say hi to the wife, please.
0: Thank you very much for the call, Brother Williams. Continue to encourage others and to listen to that truth, and continue to call in with your questions. We are talking tonight about astrology. doesn't mean your question has to relate to astrology. Your question can be about anything in life, and we will answer it from a biblical worldview. But until your question comes in, whether you call and ask it live on the air by calling 268-462-7420, or you WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454, until your question comes in, we will continue to talk about our topic of astrology. What is meant by how, or how do astrologers justify their practice, and why do they believe that their practice works? I'm going to use a term here, I haven't seen it
1: in any book, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that they believe in what I may call uh, some kind of a cosmological, um, um, Looking for a term here. Phenomenon? No, it's not just a phenomenon. Um, Force? Uh, no, I'm looking for a term. Mm. In other words, it's a, it's a belief that there's a connection between the, all, the entire universe is one, Nathan. And the idea is that the Uh, the microcosm, which is the the, the huge planets, and man is like a, 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 the huge planet like macrocosm, and we are microcosm. But because they're so uh, interconnected, they somehow believe that one influences the other. Uh, So the, the whole idea behind it is because there's this connectivity between the entire universe, the bigger forces control the lower forces. So that's, that's the basic... It's a, a kind of a pantheism, a cosmic pantheism. That's the word he was looking for, Nathan. That this, one, this this united oneness. So the bigger forces affect the smaller forces. That's how they reason that... Uh, because they believe that they're all one and all connected and one one influences the other. So I call it a, a form of pantheism, uh, cosmic pantheism where the, the planets control the human being. But again... If you if you really believe that, it means that man is a pawn of the cosmos. In other words, your destiny is predetermined because these larger um, entities control you as a smaller one. So it's not God controlling your destiny. That's why I call it idolatry, Nathan, because—and uh, and that's why we could never accept that, yeah. that it's the planet's influencing us. We believe that God— influences our destiny. He, uh, The Holy Spirit as well is the one that guides us and leads us. And we believe that God also is a restraining force of evil in our lives. Sometimes he, he puts checks and balances Sometimes he gives me a freeway. But there's a moral law operative and there are consequences to our actions that are involved in this moral guidance of the world. But it's not the cosmos, the material cosmos that's influencing you. It's God in heaven, the transcendent God who is influencing you, using people, uh, using circumstances, but he's the one in control. These people believe it's not God, it's the cosmos, the material cosmos that is controlling you and determining your destiny. That's why I call it uh, cosmic uh, pantheism, and uh, it's in error. That's what they believe. And they firmly believe that, right? But again, you see how that goes with all the Eastern religions that came over to the West that believe in pantheism, we're all one. How we believe in New Age movement, all one. That is why all of these things have converged and why it's becoming so popular because it falls in line with the New Age teaching, which is so popular. And people today are talking about spirituality. They're not talking biblical spirituality. Mm-hmm. They're talking about something else that does not include the scriptures. But th- that's how they they uh, support it. They do believe that everything is inc- interconnected and the larger macro- Cosmos control the smaller microcosmos, which is man himself.
0: You've referenced from the beginning of the program this evening that Christians should avoid and reject astrology. Why do you say that?
1: Well, if you look in the Bible, uh, because this is our standard, this is our symbol, if this is the canon by which we judge and we make decisions as to what is right and wrong, uh, the Bible uh, speaks to this issue, very definitely to this issue. If you look at uh, Isaiah 57, 47, verse 13 and 14.
0: Isaiah 47, verses 15 and 16? 13, 14. 13 and 14. Isaiah f- you said fifty-seven or 40? forty-seven, four-seven, four, four-seven, thirteen. Says, "Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee." In verse fourteen. Behold, they shall be stubble; as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor a fire to sit at before it.
1: David, I just... I, just I, lost it, I lost it. I was thinking that. Read back verse 13 again. I wasn't paying yeah. attention. I got
0: Thou distracted. Not a problem. Thou art worried in the... Multi- You're reading
1: Isaiah 47, 47, right?
0: Forty-seven, thirteen. Yeah, go ahead. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels let now the astrologers the stargazers and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that they shall call upon thee
1: yeah god is mocking israel looking to again notice the word the astrologer that word by the way it's the hebrew word habar and it really means cutting or dividing and it's referring to the fact of how these astrologers uh, who do astrology, how they have divided the uh, the sky into different sections uh, with these different signs. So that's why that word is used there, dividing. But uh, the Bible is there uh, mocking these people. Okay, uh, turn to these people and see if they can help you. But he's mocking it. So uh, it's very, very clear that this is not something new. This goes way back. And Isaiah was written about 800 B.C. So, eight hundred years before Isaiah is, is drawing attention to this word, that there were astrologers then uh, that Israel had to deal with. But the other verses of Scripture, even before that, look at Deuteronomy four nineteen.
0: Deuteronomy four nineteen, and lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven.
1: Yeah, this is part of the occult system where man in his idolatry uh, rather than turn to God and Romans deal with this rather than worship the true God they turn to uh, the creation and the Lord is here warning the same thing here they, they started worshipping the sun and the moon and the stars because they believed that they influenced the lives of, the, of themselves and the Lord is saying you, you, as Israel this is something I condemn this is you must not look to the stars you must not look to the moon you must not look to the sun as uh, they can control having to do I am the one that have destiny to your destiny so even as far back as Deuteronomy <laughs> and remember that Deuteronomy is within the first five books the Torah the Bible as far back then and by the way idolatry is believed to have started in Babylon uh, and uh, you remember the Tower of Babel uh, they believe that this is one of the uh, observatory towers that people were looking to the stars, etc., etc., to build it to God. And you would find out in any, any encyclopedia, you'll find that they always trace this whole thing of I- astrology back to Babylon, etc. So God in Deuteronomy is condemning it and uh, saying, You don't look to the stars, you don't look to the moon, you don't look to the sun, uh, you look to me. And it is sad that in a 21st century world that Christians would be looking to the zodiacs (laughs) in terms of their character and their destiny. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever.
0: Are you familiar with the Farmer's Almanac? Yeah. Okay, so I I know of a number of Christian farmers in the States that would reference that. and It talks about different cycles of the moon as to when they should plant or not, and there seems to be some kind of scientific, from what I've been told, yeah. scientific reasoning behind that. Is that separate from astrology? That's something
1: completely separate. You're, okay. not, you're not looking at something that determines your destiny or your character. Okay. Because there are scientific facts of that aspect, especially also when you move to the water. You can know Uh, when it's going to be high tide or low tide it's the moon that influences that and that's a scientific fact Uh, again the positioning has to do with crops when I was in uh, St. Lucia there were farmers who were doing bananas who are also aware that it was a proper time to plant, etc. That's not superstition, right? We're not talking about uh, looking into these things now to determine your destiny or determine your character when you were born so that uh, everything is predetermined so you could do nothing about it. Your whole future is decided for you. Something completely different altogether. One has to do with it, uh, using science to help you with planting crops. One has to do with it. these bodies influence your destiny and your character. Completely t- two different things altogether.
0: All right. Sorry for interrupting no. you. There, that's good.
1: that 's good because i thought i 'm glad you mentioned it because uh, i've forgotten about that in, yeah. in St. Lucia, but I know that there were some farmers that did that, and I never challenged it because i 'm aware that it actually is a scientific element to that matter
0: i 've heard fishermen here talk about the moon uh, as to whether it 's a good day to go out yeah. and fish my dad
1: was a, was, would take me fishing, and sometimes the moon would determine when the fish come out I mean yeah. all of that is that 's not questionable that is something that is okay. is a fact right. But, but, so, it's two different things altogether.
0: so what what does the Bible have to say about astrology?
1: Well, look at Jeremiah, I want to give you another verse, Jeremiah chapter ten, verse one to three.
0: Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Lean not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them, for the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest and worketh of the hands of the workmen with the axe. Yeah, but notice
1: there. Don't let the signs in the heavens. I think this is what this is all about. The different signs. It's, it's either seven or twelve. Some even go as far as twenty-four, and these are supposed to be these, the, the uh the heavenly bodies that influence you yourself. You know, you've seen Orion, sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Orion. Right. But it's that's not the only thing I can find <laughs> the only in the I sky. I can find myself, right? But again, it, that this it's, it, Imagine telling me that Orion determined my destiny. Yeah. But that's the same thing. And that don't let the signs. And uh, this. I remember that this is not a modern thing. This is very, very, very ancient. So even in this book of um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah uh, you've got Lord speaking against, looking to the signs to determine your future and, and control you.
0: But this is addressed specifically to the house of Israel. I mean, the end of the first verse says, O house of Israel, and then it gives a command. So why should I apply that to my life in 2022? It's
1: just like every New Testament book is addressed to a church, but mm-hmm. the principle applies to you. Right, same thing here. Remember that Israel is God's people. Who are God's people today? It's the church. So the same principle applied to God's people in the Old Testament, not to the signs. is the same thing. It's 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 the ongoing principle that is there. And uh, if we approach the matter for that way, you will have to God to God speaking directly to every Christian today and every every movement. But That's the true. Word of God is given, uh, is relevant. It's a timeless book that is relevant, and we just find out the principles that are relevant and applicable. Certainly, if you are not supposed to look to the signs in the Old Testament to control your destiny, it can never be right that we look to the signs to control our destiny today. Another good verse, um, Nathan, is um, Daniel 2.27 and Daniel four seven.
0: Daniel 2:27 says Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men the astrologers the magicians and the soothsayers show unto the king and then 4:7 Daniel 4:7 reads as follows Then came in the magicians the astrologers the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. And I told the dream before them, and they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof.
1: The point that we're doing here, dealing here is that even within the, uh, the advisory committee or board or the king's advisors, notice that who he got, part of the advisors, he got astrologers, he got these type of people. So he, c- clearly in the Babylonian Empire, this was very, very common that a King, if he wants to make a decision, to go to war. Uh, he must have an must have somebody to interpret an omen or augur, whatever it is. So that gives you an idea how powerful this group was in influencing political decisions. But notice that uh, only Daniel could tell what the future was, and that's the whole thing I'm, I'm bringing that that the 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 the, uh, the king after he's exhausted uh astrologers and nobody can give him the answer. Um, Daniel says, you know, King, don't kill everybody. You just give me some chance. And he prayed to the God of heaven. And, of course, the Lord revealed to him. uh, You remember all all the others said, you tell us a story and we'll interpret it. (laughs) He said, no, I'm not telling you the story. You know, you might deceive me. And Daniel didn't even ask for what happened. Daniel's able to reveal to him exactly what his vision and his dream was. And then... To give the interpreter. And then Daniel said, You know, this wisdom didn't come from me, it came from the God of heaven. And that's the point I'm making here. You've got astrologers, you've got the man of God who's looking to God for answers vis a vis the astrologer. But that is clearly a contrast between the two things how uh, God abominates one because he's looking to the influence of the planets, and Daniel's talking to the Lord for direction on these matters. So I'm just trying to show you that. There's there's one other thing I want to. Mentioned, because some people ask, What about Matthew chapter two, verse one and two?
0: Matthew chapter two, verses
1: one and two say one to eight, I think is go ahead. Okay. Uh
0: Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he the born where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Verse 5 says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not the least among the prince of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel.
1: Let's stop there. The reason why I gave that illustration because some people may say, "Well, you know, if the Bible is against astrology, how come these magi uh, came to visit the Lord and to find him and stuff like that?" It's a very simple answer to that, Nathan. the The Bible is not endorsing. These apparently were what you call Persian astrologers, who, people who are looking at these stars, etc. But what they discovered as they're doing that is that there is a particular star that is unique and it's not there, and the star is guiding them, and they're following the star. It doesn't mean that you're proving uh, astrology. What is happening is that he is intervening and interrupting and bringing their attention. Christ. In other words, in in a real sense, he's moving away from the stars to Christ. The reason I'm saying that, look at Numbers chapter 24, verse 17.
0: Numbers 24, verse 17. 17 says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob. And a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth."
1: Yeah. Here's a Bible prophecy that the Messiah is coming, but notice the word star is used. So what, what I think, I remember this, right? That you talk about Persia, where were the Jews taken into captivity?
0: And Daniel was Persia, yeah, Babylon, right? Right.
1: That's exactly. And it is believed that these people became aware of this Old Testament prophecy. So they were constantly uh, looking for the star. And on that particular time, a miraculous act was done by God to lead them to the true star, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not as though it's an endorsement, but he's able to use their what they, what they are using. He's able to inject that. I remember some time ago reading a book of a guy who was uh, involved in the New Age movement. And he, he wrote a whole book on it. And he said, listen, I got so involved in this thing. He said, I had one experience. He said he had an out-of-body experience, and he said he was going towards uh, a, a something bright, 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 bright. So he thought he was having a real, real experience, and he said he was so excited. He said, but suddenly, something took me from where he was and took me behind the light. He said, I never saw so much darkness in the whole of my life. He said, after the experience, he came back and he realized this was all demonic. Mm. And that's how he left the New Age movement. But it was a miraculous intervention on his part because he was actually sold in the New Age movement and was so involved. It was a teacher in it. And then uh, to have this experience where he really thought he was going towards the light, but then to discover that something just interrupted and took him behind the light and saw so it was full of darkness. And that was his moment of conversion. He turned to the Christian faith and became a Christian and wrote the book so people would understand that this idea of, because a lot of the New Age movement, a lot of people talk to seeing a light. But remember, the Bible says Satan can display himself as an angel of light. That was his encounter to realize that the enemy was using that imagery of light. But behind it all was this great
0: darkness. A question from a listener. Good evening, Pastor. From a biblical viewpoint, what is meant by the phrase pastoral care? Well,
1: pastoral care is really a reference to the fact that a pastor is a shepherd. And he should, uh, when people are in need, he should be willing to uh, to be there in time of need. It would mean to uh, visiting uh, the sick and the shut-ins. Um, it would involve uh, when people have their problems that he's there, willing um, finding time, ma- not finding time, making time to visit people and. Uh, discuss people and counsel people in relation to their problems. That's what pastoral care is. So it's basically the ongoing care, not just preaching and teaching, but when people have issues and problems and need help, that the pastor is willing to use his time uh, to meet with them, to, to to help them. Or if they have a family problem or they have a, a friend who has a, a problem that needs counsel, uh, that is the ongoing pastoral
0: care. Thank you for that question. We appreciate your interaction on the program tonight. If you have a question, you can send it in via WhatsApp or text message 268-782-1454. Or you can call and ask it live on air, 268-462-7420. But go ahead and do it quickly, because we only have 13 minutes left in tonight's episode. And if you're listening on Saturday afternoon to the rebroadcast, feel free to go ahead and send in your question via WhatsApp or text message, and we will answer it, Lord willing, the next time we have a live episode here in the studio. As we wrap up this episode of That's Truth, as we're talking about astrology, besides the Bible's warnings against astrology and this movement, are there any other reasons outside of Scripture that you would use or point to in warning us to avoid astrology?
1: Yeah, I I think that it can be shown clearly that astrology is not a valid science. Uh, It might be what you call... Scientism, but not real to um uh, science, and there are several reasons why um that is so uh, Number one would be what we call the conflicting systems about astrology. I mentioned Nathan that uh s- many of these systems are diametrically opposed, and what I mean by that is there's some the astrologers in the West are not just uh, do it the same with astrologers in the East. For example, a Chinese astrologer is not the same as a Western astrologer. Mm. So the question is, if they're doing the very opposite, how can this be scientific? Because if he's predicting one thing and the other guy predicting the other thing, clearly this is rigmarole, to be honest with you. And I think that that is one of the, the, the basis. Uh, so there's no unanimity among the astrologers. Um, you can have five different astrologers give you five different prophecies. The question is then which is right. Most people will say the one is right that really aligns with what I think should be. But that's part of the problem. I also mentioned to you that some contend that there are only seven zodiac signs. Some say there are 12. Some say there are 14. Some even go as far as 24. So the question is if one is doing one in seven, one and 12, one and 24, <laughs> which, which is correct? Right. have got different foundations. Yeah, so people don't, uh, that's why I say if your presupposition is wrong, your conclusions would always be wrong because mm-hmm. your conclusions is based on your suppositions. And, and that is why uh, I say to you that it is one of the reasons uh, why um, this is not scientific. And I mentioned before, if it were possible to get a, a horoscope read from Australia, uh, one from Africa, one from the U.S., one from the Soviet Union, compare them. You see they're under the same sign, but all of them got something completely different. So this is really something to be considered. The other thing is, Nathan, that the, the um, astrology has always been based on the earth-centered viewpoint, that the planets revolve around the Earth. that is called the what you call it uh the geocentric theory. Uh Copernicus, of course, is the one that pointed out, quite frankly, that they revolve around uh, the sun. That is called the heliocentric theory. You remember that Galileo was uh, abominated and exhumated by the Catholic Church because he believed in what Copernicus said, that the, the planets revolve around the sun and not the moon. But all astrology is based on the fact that the Earth is the center, not the moon. So again, it is so unscientific. It is so false. The planets don't revolve around the Earth; they revolve around the moon. The but sun. The sun. Sorry. So the, the whole thing there is that you're basing a, a, on a false theory that doesn't exist. So how how then can it be true? When you are, you're again, your whole argument is false in in that regard. The third thing I would say, Nathan, is that. Um, Most astrological charts were based on the assumption that there were only seven planets, right? Uh, That's because three planets could not be seen with the naked eye. That was Uranus, uh, Neptune, and and Pluto. It's only in modern times that those three planets were discovered by the telescope. But all the other uh, charts for the horoscopes... Previous to the discovery, modern discovery of these three Uranus and uh, Neptune and, and Pluto were based on the idea that there were only seven planets. So again, uh, that what does that mean? It means all that were done on the basis of seven uh, were false before. And then what g- makes me believe that the using the others now uh, would make somehow make it right? Uh, so you can see the confusion there again that they they can't be using seven all these years, and then suddenly in modern times you discover three that were there before because they couldn't see them with the eyes that they were other, more than, so if these planets are influencing my life, what about the three that were there all the time that you couldn't see, uh, why were they not influencing my life? So that's why I say to you, it's, it's uh, very, very, very um, confusing. The other one you mentioned is another valid point with the twins, that if you're born the same time, the same place, you can get your longitude and your latitude, you know exactly when it's happening, those two people sh- influenced by the same uh, planets should end up the same destiny, the same character. The reality is that all the investigation studies in this area has proven to be false. So there's no substance whatsoever to the idea that uh, that knowing the time of your birth and the place of your birth really is consequential because the twin study has uh, shown that to be very, very long, uh, uh, very, 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 very false. Um the other thing is, is uh, someone has pointed out there's a limited perspective, and what I mean by that, Nathan, if you're living, most of the studies that were done in astrology was done around the the equator, right, uh, and that is why you can see the movements of these different signs in the sky with, with these, uh, etc. But when you're living up north in the North Pole. You can't see these things, so they can't influence anybody. So you can't connect the date of their birth with these signs because they don't appear in that part of the world. So what about those people, Hmm.
0: though? They don't have a future. They don't have a future.
1: (laughs) So, it's it's just, uh, when you look at all of these non-biblical scientific issues that people have brought to the attention, it still puzzles me that with all of this uh, modern data that shows the complete um, unscientific way this has been done over the years and continues to be done, how it is that a man, before he makes a business decision or he makes a, um, a relational decision, now wants to know what sign he was born under and to find out, well, this is, this, this is the ninth of this particular day. Let me see what's going to happen today. What, you know? Can I make this decision today or not? That's the kind of crazy things that I just don't understand. That's why I say that we're living in a schizophrenic age where people can, can see something that's clearly wrong, but yet somehow embrace it Uh, I guess because they want to believe it or they want to really, um, you know, sidetrack to give them some kind of hope. That's the problem we have in this matter.
0: So I want to take what we've talked about thus far in the last 80 minutes or so and wrap it back to scripture. If I'm not supposed to turn to astrology to answer my concerns or guide my life decisions, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be a business decision. Where in the world am I supposed to turn, Pastor? What am I supposed to do?
1: Well, I would say to every believer and every person who's serious about their their lives, I would say there is a a book called the Bible. It's an inspired book that God has given to humankind to guide humankind in making uh, certain decisions. Certainly, when it comes to the matter of dealing with spiritual issues and moral issues, Um, uh, for example, take the matter of finding a partner. Uh, there's very clear Indication of in the Bible that Principles that should guide that For example You only marry in the Lord So if that's a biblical principle You only marry in the Lord It means that it excludes Every unsaved person out there A Christian should never marry An unsaved, believe, uh, unsaved person So I don't have to ask myself Well this guy is at work He has an interest in me He's attractive he got dimples he got Douglas here, or it's vice versa with her. Uh, she may have a good shape, but she speaks well. She has a good job, good career, and uh, I'm a Christian, but she's a non-Christian. Uh, they, they they thought she never crossed a believer's mind to pursue a relationship that could lead to marriage. Uh, while that person remains unsaved, the best you can do at this point in time would be to try to uh, speak to her uh, or him, it, it, depending on the case, uh, try to influence them to, to come into the house of God, to hear the Word of God. But certainly there should not be some any kind of a, a relationship of um, intimacy or marriage until that person is converted. And even after that person is converted, you've got to be very sure they didn't get converted because they want to marry you. Mm-hmm. Because you can discover that they wear masks and then after the marriage is over, uh, you might be surprised that it was not a sincere decision. But that's it. When it comes to matters like finances, again, Nathan, um, it's very, very clear the Bible says, Oh, no man anything. Uh, that means you've got to have your finances in place. You should not be a person. The, the other, I'm the, um, coming to that one, uh, you, when you borrow You have to pay back the book of proverbs deals with that so you've got to be a person of integrity you can't i've heard of people by the way um many years ago when there was a a a lot of preaching on the lord's return and it was eminent there were people don't go and borrow and bring a mortgage and don't have to pay back (laughs) Okay, i mean you should never consider that that should not be a beat so but the bible talks about you know those kind of issues um when it comes to dilly dallying in, in the occult or witchcraft or something that is outlandish, there are clear biblical guidelines on those type of matters. When it comes to children, dealing with children, the Bible gives guidelines on that. When it comes to corporal punishment, the Bible gives guidelines on that, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say to the person, you know, there is a biblical principle or a biblical verse that has bearing on any issue you're going to face in life.
0: That's a really bold statement. I,
1: not, I said there is a biblical principle or a Bible verse that has some relevance to every issue you're going to face in life. I cannot think of an issue that you will face in life that is not a biblical principle or Bible verse that will help you in that regard. You just need to study the Word And get the guidelines The book of Proverbs By the way Is one of those great books That deal with a lot of Practical issues That today That we face with The other one That just comes to mind Very quickly The idea of standing As a um, uh, I'm having a Serious thought tonight (laughs) Where you stand In place of a person Who takes a loan
0: Uh, Oh like a signer
1: Yeah yeah A a guarantor A guarantor Yeah the book of Proverbs warn you about that, you know. You don't just, hey, hey, pastor, would you just sign this to me, you know, you go to the church and you just don't indiscriminately sign, you know, because he comes to church I can stand for him. No, you, the, the book of Proverbs warns you about that. So you have to be very watchful and very, very careful. So you want to know if you're going to ever do that. Can this person really pay back? If he doesn't pay back, what are the alternatives? But those are biblical principles that deal with everyday common problems that people face. So that's a, one. another one just comes to my mind very quickly.
0: What about the listener who says, Pastor Murphy, you said the Bible tells me I need to marry in the Lord, but I'm dating this individual, and let me tell you, they are the best person, but... They just don't want to go to church. They don't have any interest in Christianity at this point. But I'm going to marry them, and then I'm going to win them to the Lord. That's going to be my focus and my drive, and I will be able to do it, Pastor. And I don't, I'm i not really worried about what you say. I'm going to do it. What advice do you have? My
1: counsel with you to, would be to prayerfully reconsider your decision. It's going to end up probably in a disaster. You cannot willfully disobey a biblical command or a biblical mandate and expect God to bless it. If God you, tells you as a believer, you marry in the Lord, you marry in the Lord. I don't care how pleasant that person is, how nice that person is. I'm going to suggest to you that willful disobedience against God carries consequences. And you're going to pay for it in the long term, might be short term benefits but you're going to pray for it in the
0: long term. In the last 20 seconds, Pastor, final thoughts on astrology? Believers should stay away from this. This is an occult practice mixed with uh, superstition,
1: but it is against biblical principles, against God's warning, and I think that the goal against it is to challenge God, and uh, it would be an evil practice for a believer. And you don't make any apologies for that statement? Oh, no, no. As I said, truth simplifies matters, Nathan, and this is one that
0: is truth. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth.